you, Brother Ballard. Good evening, friends. It's a very high privilege for me to be in Phoenix, the Valley of the Sun, this afternoon, preaching about the Sun, echoing Jesus Christ. And so it's been a long time waiting. Been many places since I've seen you the last time, across the seas and over the waters. The Lord has did so many great things that all wish we just had a little short eternity here to talk about it. But we're expecting to come here to Phoenix and do the same thing here that he did over there and did here before and expecting a great time in the Lord. When I was supposed to be in India this month, by revelation or vision rather from the Lord, he told me to go in September. Well, that asked and I had a, a few days and from now until the middle of August and the brother here called me and wrote me a letter so I called him back up and told him we had a time. So they said it. We're happy to be here, see these fine group of people here on a platform, all this fine bunch of men. I've noticed many of their names in the, the paper that was given me, the cooperating pastors and the others who are with us. We're very, very happy to greet all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I think I got in Phoenix just at the right time. It's beautiful. The desert's just beginning to put forth their buds. It's awful cold back in my country. Last night where I was staying, they said, did you get cold? They had quilts and blankets. I got my two little Eskimos with me, my little girl. I said, yes, we like to smother. We opened up the windows and tuck all the quilts off the bed. <laughs> I said, up in the north, it's just a little colder and we feel like we're in the middle of summer here. And they said they had a very cool night last night. And I thought, ah. <laughs> I oh, sure want you to come up north, but I'm afraid you better dress pretty heavy then when you come with all this cold. We turned up in my country, there's four inches of snow today. So it's quite a little different. I wish they were all down here in this beautiful, sunshiny country where we are this afternoon. Anyhow, the main thing is Jesus Christ, the Son of Life, shining in our souls, giving us this eternal hope that we have in Him. And we expect now for these next eight days to be just filled with the presence of God, and God wanting to do it more than we're wanting Him to be here. He's more anxious to see us blessed than we are to be blessed. Think of it. Now, there's only one thing that will keep us from getting blessed, then. That's ourselves. If we just get in God's way, He can't. It chokes up the stream, doesn't it? Bypasses the water somewhere else. So let's just get out of the way and empty ourselves up and say, Now, Lord Jesus, you just come in and take over and see what takes place. We'll have the exceedingly abundantly above all that we could do or think if God will give it to us. I have many things to tell you of overseas a little later on in the services and how the Lord did bless over there and the great coming meetings and a vision I've got written out here in the Bible. The time that I give it, I want you to bring a piece of paper and write it down and see if it doesn't happen just word by word the way it's written here, what he said. It will be a wonderful, wonderful thing and great days are ahead of us. And one great day we're thinking of is the rapture, when we're all going up home. Won't that be a day? My. And then all, we won't even have a, a never no prayer for the sick, no preaching to the sinners. There'll be a jubilee. I'm so glad I, I got the assurance of being there, aren't you? <laughs> I said, insurance, I, well, it's all right, I guess. Insurance or insurance, either one. There's an agent come to me not long ago, and he said, uh, Billy, I'd like to tell you some insurance. I said, uh, 
Oh, I got plenty of insurance. And he said, what company you got it with? I said, well, I said, I, Jesus Christ. And he said, oh, he said, them things are all right. I said, well, I said, it's blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And he said, that's all right, Billy. But he said, it won't put you in the graveyard up here. I said, I know it, but it'll get me out. I'm not worried about getting in there. <laughs> Not so much worried about getting in there as getting out. Is that right? <laughs> I want to say as Paul of old, I, want, I know him in the power of his resurrection. And when he calls from among the dead, I want to come out. And the great dark channel set before every one of us, their door. Each time our heart beats, we go one beat closer to him. But there's one thing. When we get there, we don't enter like a coward. We just, when my time comes, I want to wrap myself in the robe of his righteousness. <laughs> enter into there knowing this. I know him in his resurrection. I wonder when Paul was dying, he said, Why, death worries your stain, grave worries your victory. He said, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that kind of a hope rests in each one of us. That day when all the old will come back new again and the babies will become normal aged people and want to be wonderful? No heartache, sorrows, or nothing. Thanks be to God. Now, we want you to do a lot of praying this week. Just pray. We sing a little song, Jubilee song, and the pastor, as a pastor of the church, something about pray, pray, the only way to reach higher grounds, pray, pray, the prayer of faith will bring God's blessings down. And that's right, isn't it? It takes the prayer of faith to bring God's blessings down. And um, we started in Chicago a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, and come straight from Chicago to Wood River, then from Wood River one night from Hot Springs. And the next night, Shreveport, two nights later, coming here, and now starting here on these eight days, and return right straight back to, to Columbus, Ohio, at the Coliseum there, a big meeting with 400-something pastors sponsoring. And we go from there back to Louisville, Kentucky, up into Canada, over into Mon Highway, and then from there to New York, and then to Durban, South Africa, India, Bombay, Calcutta, up into Palestine, Luxembourg, Frankfurt, Paris, London, then back home again. Yes. Traveling along for our Lord Jesus, we're leading the Lord to give us a half a million souls on this next tour for the great cause of Jesus Christ and the full gospel churches of the world. We believe God will do it. And I'm just positive that he'll do it. If I'm not mistaken, this city is such a Waldorf sitting here. I just haven't seen you in so long. I just look around the city how people I could recognize, and I, I thought I recognized him. Hey, he was a very sick person when I first came to see sister. Waldorf, I remember Caroline, someone coming and told me they had somebody dead in the building. Over a little Spanish church over here, I believe it was. Well, that's been about eight years ago, I guess, Sister Waldorf, seven or eight years ago, anyhow. Seven years ago. Pretty lively looking corpse, isn't she? <laughs> that's her. That's her. The only one thing about her will ever die, that's the body. Is that right? Is this Brother Alva sitting here? I thought so. I just seeing who I can. I believe it's right across the street from your place where they're taking place, Brother Sister Outlaw there. Yes, sir? Well, that's fine. I've got one of your records. I believe you and your wife sing in the heaven, I believe it is, a little a cut record, or somebody in your church, one of your people. I play it all the time. When I get real lonesome, want to hear some real good old step-up Pentecostal music, I go and put that on. <laughs> we have to give the Pentecostal people credit for one good thing, many of them, but one good thing is those real good old-fashioned songs that just... Takes you out somewhere and 
four, fifth, six, seventh, and eighth dimensions, <laughs> wherever it is out where God lives. <laughs> I failed to see anyone that I recognize here in the church. Well, you forgive me because I'm not very good at remembering faces, but I sure love you all and hope that God has blessed you and prospered you. He has me, and I'm very thankful. Last time since I've seen you, of course, you know in my trouble that I stayed in the prayer line too long under visions, and I was off for eight months. The Lord Jesus healed me, and I, I never did weigh about 128 pounds. I think my best weight was 160. <laughs> I've gained a little. Well, I'm thankful, and I just kind of watched the meetings a little closer, and don't hit it go too hard. I, Felt like I had the whole burden on myself, so I found out God had others that doing this on out, so they, they'd be doing the same thing. We try to go at it too fast sometimes, and we make a mistake of it. Now, Brother here, uh, Brother Ballard, I was speaking to him. He's one of them on the committee, and, and I, I kind of like the way he set the meeting up. Uh, I like that. Uh, interdenominational, everybody invited, and like the third well that Jacob dug said, there's room for us all, so he said that. That's very good. And so that's, we want you to invite your neighbors to come out. And I go to call Brother Schuler and tell him I didn't come here to be his competitor. <laughs> He's having a meeting here in the city, and I didn't know it until I got here. And I find out he had two weeks meeting, I believe he said, and then he just stayed over a third week. Probably he didn't know I was coming either at the time. So we're not here to be competitors with one another. We're here to be God's servants to the people. That's right. And so I'm sure that Brother Schuler feels the same way. I never met him. My mother met him, and he, when he was in Louisville, Kentucky, a very fine Christian brother. So we're happy. He's having a good meeting. And so it said Brother Roberts just left here with 12,000 in an audience. It said Brother Schuler could seat about 3,000, and probably we could seat 1,000 or 1,500. So there's plenty of room Ray in the center and the sick and afflicted is there <laughs> everywhere. And let's just have an old-fashioned meeting that'll just ring from one side of this valley to the other and to the glory of God. That's right. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to come down in His great August presence and bless this whole valley and close up every bootleg joint and my, turn all this route and sin into old-fashioned prayer meetings all around through the city and the glory to God everywhere. Yes. We have to go to jail. It'd be a good thing if it calls that one. We need some of those old-fashioned meetings again, like Paul and Silas will be put in jail one night and down there cast out a little old evil spirit out of a fortune teller and put him down in jail. They just prayed till the jail fell down. <laughs> Pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> Went on over Ephesus and found a bunch of Baptist people over there need the Holy Ghost and they got the Holy Ghost. They just had a real time. So that's... <clears throat> we wouldn't have to go to Ephesus to find that, would we? How would we get in Phoenix, don't you think so? <laughs> So you pray, I'll pray, and we'll just do the best we can this week for the glory of God. Brother uh, told me last night, as I called him, usually in the meetings, that um, we give out Mr. Baxter or Mr. Bosworth or some of them as managers. They do the preaching in the services. When I'm, most of our services has always been healing services. So we, uh, Mr. Baxter's in Canada at the time, Mr. Bosworth in Florida. And they're preparing for overseas and so forth. My, my uh, co-worker, Mr. William Paul Brown, <coughs> my boy, <laughs> we're together, traveling together, and just 
evangelistic work, so the Lord hasn't taught him to preach yet, so his, his father has to do the best he can in these meetings to, to have the service. So we told the brethren as we set these meetings up to fix them just under, well, just evangelistic services, which got by that in a service a time or two and just had preaching services on every afternoon at 2 o'clock and then every evening at 7.30 or 8 while we come down and, and uh, preach the gospel and just have a congregational prayer for the people when the, from the sick because they would come in, calling sinners to repentance and people without the Holy Spirit to come and be born again. And uh, we found that uh, pretty successful around the parts of the country. And then when we got down to our last meeting in Wood River, they the altar call that night, and people just piled around the altar, but when it went to one out, there's about, oh, I guess, 300 or four at the altar seeking salvation, then when it went out, there's 1,500 or more standing in line to be prayed for. So we had to change it there, so we fixed it up then and let the pastors, the cooperating ministers, take turns about and have them the afternoon services, and, and the night services, they uh, got the preliminaries ready, and I come down and spoke a while, and then had the prayer lines for the sick. Most everyone knows that the caliber of the meetings is it's by vision. And uh, the visions are a little different than what just simply preaching and then going ahead and having a congregational prayer. It's breaking into another realm by divine gift. And um, uh, I have to keep myself more like a, don't want to be, but more like an isolationist away from people and stay to myself and pray and cease eating and come into the building under the anointing of that, speak just a few moments and call the line. And um, That is something that's been uh, part of my ministry. Of course, I realize there's nothing that would heal a person, or there's nothing in any man that would heal another. It's all, every person in the world is already healed. There's not one but what's already healed. There's not a sinner in the world but what's already saved. Jesus Christ, when he died at Calvary, he paid the price right there. Right. Now, the only thing we have to do is to look there and accept it. See? Accept it. Now, you say, well, I got saved uh, uh, two years ago. No, you got saved 1,900 years ago. You accepted it two years ago, see? He settled the question when he died. And now, there's two things that man can't do, forgive sins or heal. It's not given to man to do that. It never was. It's given, it was only in Jesus Christ. And there, a man, by the preaching of the word, can point you to that. And you can accept your salvation or healing. For he was wounded for our transgressions with his stripes. We were, as sin, healed. Now, there's many of the ministers, such as Brother Roberts and many of them, who go out in the ministry and they take the word and explain it to folks. Brother Bosworth, Brother Osborne, many of the men that's been here in the city with you people, that they're scholars in the word. They teach divine healing by the atonement. They make it so plain and clear to you, you have to see it. That's all. So then you just raise up by faith and accept it. That's the way to do it. Many of them anoint with oil. Many of them lay hands on the sick. That's the order that God put all those things in the church. After he done all this, and every minister in the world that believes in divine healing has just as much right and authority from God to pray for the sick people as any other person in the world. And every lay member of the church has the same authority. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for the other that you may. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. So 
Every person that believes in divine healing has a right to pray for the sick. That's general order. That's right. Now, God has, after all of that in his word, he has set in the church some apostles, prophets, teachers, gifts of healing, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and all different gifts he set in the church for the, the edifying of the church, to bring the church together, to make us one. Is that right? That's right. To make us one in him. A brotherhood of one soul, one heart, one body, one spirit. For we're not baptized in two spirits, one spirit. One God. Father is all, through all, in all, over all. And there were these gifts in the church. Some of them can speak with tongues. A gift of speaking with tongues. Another one has a gift of interpretation of tongues. Some are sent to preach. Now, we know that people that don't believe in divine gifts, and yet they're preachers, how do they get their inspiration then to preach from? If there's not a gift of preaching, then according to that, every person's a preacher. But the Bible said God has set some in the church. God has. Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and so forth. All in the church. God has set them in there, and they're inspired for a certain work. And that some people may possess more than one gift, but there at least be one gift or more in a person. And then all these things together, working together for the upbuilding of the body of Christ, getting her ready to go. In the Old Testament, there was two ways that have a heaven a message. One of them was by a dreamer, the other by a prophet. And then they had the Urimathun, and you ministers know what I'm speaking of. Uh, the Urimathun was on the breastplate of Aaron. And if a dreamer dreamed a dream, and it was told, and it didn't flash some lights on the Urimathun, it wasn't right. And if a prophet prophesied and the lights didn't flash on the year of the thunder, it was wrong. But if it did flash, it was right. Now, since the going away of the year of the thunder, God's Bible is the year of the thunder. If a dreamer dreams a dream or a prophet prophesies that ain't in the Word of God, then let it alone. That's right. But if it's on here, God's speaking. That's right. This is God's year of the thunder. It's His Word. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall not. And this is the first and foundation and the only foundation for Christian truth lays in God's Bible. It has to come from there. And in the other lands, how we find them in their pagan ideas and superstitions and all kinds of demonology. And don't think that they're not there to challenge you to. They certainly are. So you sure have to know what you're talking about and who you know before you drift into those lands. Because it's certainly them witch doctors and so forth is right there to challenge you on every hand. But don't ever be scared. We serve the only true and living God. That's right. Now, I wonder, so I can get kind of a setting of the need. I'm here as your servant, as your brother, and I love you with the warmest of Christian love, expecting to spend an eternity with you in another land. And I'm here to do what I think would be best. Um, the brother and I asked them what type of meeting they thought would be suitable here in Phoenix at the time. They said, just the way the Lord leads. I like to work with brethren like that. Just the way the Lord leads. And the multitude of counselors' safety. So I just wonder, in this audience this afternoon, after we go to prayer, you'd think it over in your hearts and wonder just what type of meeting if they're sickish here, the predominant is in the line of sick people to be prayed for, well, we don't have healing services. 
And if it's for preaching services and salvation through the souls and just congregational prayer, however, in every service, there's always divine healing is only the bait. See? You never show the fish the hook, you show him the bait. <laughs> he grabs the bait and hits the hook. So that's about 90, 80% of Jesus Christ's meetings were all divine healing meetings. But he healed the sick to catch the, the psychology of the people. To catch them to a place, and then he preached the gospel to them. That's right. That's the way it was in Africa, where we had 30,000 converts in one afternoon. 30,000 raw heathens, the biggest altar call, I guess, in the world ever made. 30,000 raw heathens, devil counted over and over, see. So, just on first divine healing, and then the gospel, right, to them. And um, uh, we want to serve the Lord in the capacity, so we'll pray in a few moments and ask our Lord, and those who would like to have feel the Lord would have us have a healing service so we can announce that and get started. A healing service will start. Otherwise, we'll start otherwise. Just whatever the Lord's will is, we want it to be done. I'm just, I usually, I only have one vision now. That's written here in my Bible, and that's for overseas. In here is just what is God's will. Just recently, I was in a fine meeting at Kellogg Auditorium. And the place was packed to the rafters. It was going to be there two weeks, and we'd been there about four days. I went out to a lake to pray one afternoon. And the Lord came down, and I heard something. I looked around, and I was sitting on the back of a boat going up the stream. And the angel of the Lord was there and told me to turn aside right then and go to Minneapolis. Now, to make a bunch of ministers understand that, that was hard. <laughs> but I had to leave right then. And if any of you know Gordon Peterson in Minneapolis, Minnesota, we're just like that. Right and ask him whether it was the will of the Lord, and I'd find out <laughs> how God did. Now, I understand that Brother Roberts is to be here next January. And they set their meetings up for two years ahead of time because they go by another leading. See, it's the same Holy Spirit. See, they feel led to that. That's what mine is by vision. Wherever the Lord speaks to me right now, I go do that right then. See, just wherever it is, it's hard to set meetings like that. It's all just like I said to Brother Ballard. I will hold these eight days if the Lord is willing. Is that right, brother? Yes, sir. Just if the Lord, anything you put out in advertisement, but I'm responsible for it. <laughs> but if the Lord, because I tell you this week how he done down in Africa and what trouble I got into there on one little misleading. The Lord told me to do something, show me a vision. Now let him talk me out of it. See, and did I pay for it? And so I never want to do that again. So now we just want to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And then... Um, how many sick people is in here to be prayed for? Would like to be prayed for? Raise your hands. Let's see your hands all over the building. Now, sick people want to be prayed for. All right. How many likes just uh, not have prayer for the sick? Just old-fashioned gospel preaching like that. Let's see. Contrary. Uh, raise up your hands just so I can kind of get an idea. Looks like we got to have a healing service. <laughs> all right. Well. Now, if the Lord is willing, we'll just mix it together the best that we can, do everything that we possibly can. And now, in order to keep people lined up, we have to give out prayer cards. Everybody knows that. Brother Roberts, every other person who's ever had any experience on the field of, of dealing with massive uh, crowds, while they know we have to give out prayer cards. In order to do that, we don't want to interfere with the preliminaries and so forth. And you be here in the afternoon at uh, about 6 o'clock. If you can, as early as you possibly get here. Get here at 6 if possible, not any later than 6.30, because I think the beginning of the service is about 7 or something like that. We don't want anybody comes in, you can have your prayer cards, and we, so we just get that over so it won't interrupt with the preliminaries. 
And the Lord bless you now. And I'll do everything that I can this week to, to do the Lord's will. Now, if everybody's in love with the Lord, let's say amen. <laughs> now I want to read just a little verse out of the Scripture here. So if what I say fails, this one. The second chapter of St. Luke, the 25th verse. And I will read two or three verses here. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him as the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, let us thy servants depart in peace according to thy words, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. And the Lord blessed the reading of his word. Shall we bow our heads while we talk to the author of this word? My kind Heavenly Father, we come to thee with all the humility of, of human life to present ourselves to thee as believing children of God. And we ask that you forgive us of every sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness and selfishness, and may the Holy Spirit come this afternoon and rest his blessings upon each and every one of us. Grant it, Lord. We thank you for these ministers and these people here of this great, beautiful valley of, of Phoenix here and neighboring cities, and those who are the Christians who are scattered out through the country here of different churches. And now, Father, we are coming to one common drinking place. Hallelujah. Lord, where all can come and drink freely from the fountain of the waters of life. And now, may the, the one who wrote this word come and interpret the word and make it manifest. God, this coming week, may the lame walk and the blind see. Give us another old-fashioned shaking that the eyes of the blind might open up spiritually speaking and see the glorious reign of the Holy Spirit right now. Grant it, Lord. Bless every meeting. Bless Brother Shuler out in his meeting. We pray that you'll be with him. Send many souls in, Lord. May win literally hundreds of souls to Christ this week. Bless every church in the valley. And may it just go like a relay from one church to the other until a great sweeping revival sweep through this valley here that the noise of it will be noise abroad throughout all the world. An old passion, Holy Ghost revival that will draw people from all parts of the world flying into this little sun valley to see the glory of God. Grant it, Father. Set your candle that sets upon the hill that cannot be hid. Grant, Lord, this city will be one of those candlelights, burning people flying in, every church revived, fellowship, the Holy Spirit making demonstrations, bringing to pass, making reality of the Word of God. Bring it, Father, we pray. And now anoint the services. Thank you for the building. God bless the people who let us have it, the custodians. And those who are in authority, and we pray, God, that you'll save them. If they're not saved, 
and may they have everlasting life and life in the world to come through Jesus. And now, Father, may you just take over from right now and anoint the building. We dedicate it to you just now. May the angels of heaven come down to off of the ladder of Jacob, take their positions now as soldiers at their post of duty, setting every place, every corner, every place, take their right positions, and may they not leave this building until the revival is over, God grant. May they speak to hearts and make great signs and wonder accompany the Word of God. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the and among the people in traveling, I found two types of people. One of them is the Pentecostal, the full gospel rather, which makes up of many different types of the full gospel people. And the next people I find is the fundamental. And the fundamental positionally know what they are. They know they're sons and daughters of God. Thank you, God. Sons and daughters of God positionally by accepting Jesus Christ. For St. John 5, 24 said, He that heareth my words and believeth on him sent me has everlasting life. But they don't have much faith with him. Then I find the Pentecostal or the full gospel people, they, uh, they have the power, but don't have the faith to operate it. It's just like a man's got a lot of money in the bank, and he don't know how to write a check, he can write a check and he got no money in the bank. If you could ever get those two together, the millennium would be on. Now, in Pentecostal or full gospel peoples around the world, I find them with a great faith, and the reason they have faith is because they just stepped up a step farther. They have been born of the Spirit of God, which is the supernatural. And many people tell me, say, Brother Branham, as you get older, you look like your dad. Well, he's my dad. That's the reason I look like him. Well, now, the same thing, many uh, things that we have that we favor uh, by a family stream like that to each other, and then in the family strain of God, if we become born of the Spirit of God, we take on the nature of God, which then we are sons of God. And there's where I find that the full gospel people has become sons and daughters of God. They believe the supernatural. Now, the other has never stepped up there, so they can't believe the supernatural. There's nothing to believe with. See? How could I get the water out of that desk when there's no water in it? You see? See? You've got to be born again. And then God comes in and God made the world out of things which was not. He just spoke and said, let there be. And His Word become material. And materialized, and this very ground that you're sitting over this afternoon is the Word of God made manifest. Right? Well, now, a man that's got part of that, now Jesus said, I give them eternal life. Eternal, that word comes from the word uh, zoe, the Greek word which means uh, the life of God. Well, then, if we have the life of God in us, the born again, then we have. God's life in us, which makes us 
believe like God does that whatever the Word says, it'll materialize. See? If it says, by stripes we're healed, that settles it. God said so. And that when a man is born to the Spirit of God, he's a son of God, then he believes for things that's impossible. He still believes it because why? God is in him by the Holy Spirit, and he believes. See? Now, if he hasn't got the Holy Spirit in there, he's got nothing but just his, his, his mind to rest on it, so he just can't comprehend the things of God. He doesn't know them. The natural mind can't understand the things of God. They're foolish to him. Now, the Pentecostal or full gospel, you are... The one thing that I find that's the, one of the greatest hindrances among us is that you are trying to place the great things of God yet to come when you're right in the middle of it now. That's right. Now, you say, just wait till something... Well, that could be the millennium where we won't need any healings and things. That's the next age to be issued in. Now we're in the Holy Ghost age. Now you are the sons of God. Now we're seated together in heavenly places. Not we will be, we are now, this afternoon, right here now. Sons and daughters of God seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There we are. See, all things are possible then. When those little shackles and dark shadows get broke away, then the Holy Spirit can come right in and perform miracles and, oh, what he can't, there's nothing impossible with the thing. But just that little doubt thing. Just like I was speaking to a brother this morning. A man crossing the river. People come up here to the platform lots of times and say, Oh, Brother Bram, I got all faith. Well, now, they, they believe that. It's sincere. Like on the visions and so forth. It, 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 by God's gift, it's possible then to find where that flaw is. Because God reveals it many times. Now, you say, I've got faith. The first thing, we have to have a base for faith. That's God's Word. Well, then the man goes to school and he learns theology. He reads it, that God said, so yes, I believe that. He believes it here in his mind, see? But he's got a subconscious also. And that subconscious disagrees with this. Because when he starts to do it, he's a little bit scared it won't happen and it won't. That's right. It's just like Islam, that's the truth, friend. I've been a minister now 21 years. I'm studying the scripture in every way that I know how. And I have to be very careful on what I say. Like the man crossing the, the sea. The man goes across the sea, the real man that drives the ship, he never sees where he's going. He's down in the bowels of the ship. He's the engineer. The man sitting up here on deck, he takes, gives him orders from the man up in the crow nest. He says down here, saying downward, uh, two knots to the left. Now the man down here, he don't see where he's going, it's just the engine. Well, what if he'd give it two knots to the right? <laughs> or what if he just wouldn't give it at all? The man up here says, push forward. And he puts it in reverse, goes backward. They'll never get out of the harbor. That's the way at the church. You're going this way, that way, and this way, and that way. Yeah. Now, when the man up in the crow nest says, spread, the man on the deck says, spread, this man down here at the bottom says, spread, she's going to move. When God says, by stripes, you are healed, the man receives in his heart says, by stripes, we are healed. The subconscious acts back, by stripes, we were healed. Look out. <laughs> Something's going to take place. You're going forward. Nothing can stop it then. You're in full harmony. Not on a wave. I don't care what kind of waves would come. It'd never be contrary to your faith. You just move right on through. That's right. See, but you've got to make everything in agreement with God's Word. Then we move on. When we got all lined up and in agreement. 
And if he said, well, that case is too hard, this is that, I know, you try to believe up here, but this down here you got a little, fra- a little scared on it. Like I was telling the lady this morning, when you go to fry your meat for breakfast, and a big bunch of grease pops up on your hand, the first thing he scares you to death. You grab your hand and where is the engine team? Just as quick as you can. That's the reason it burns you. That's what makes the steer is what I can prove that. It's the steer that burns you. You got the Holy Ghost that's operating in your body. Well, that old snake grabbed over Paul's hand and went out a bit of steer. He looked at it like it shook it off the fire and went on and got some more sticks. It didn't scare him. See, if you're not scared, Jesus said, Why did you fear? Peter come walking on the water, doing fine until he seen the waves were contrary, then he got scared and began to sink. Jesus come picked him up and said, Why did you fear, oh you little faith? Fear. You're scared, it won't happen. Don't have one bit of fear. Move forward. God said so, that settles it. And you can't do that until you have love. Perfect love casts out all fear. If I want to contribute anything to my success in the ministry amongst people, is this. I'll admit I've had to butcher up meetings because I just couldn't sit and, and routine like ministers do. And many times I've had to promise this and take this back and do this and do that because God will make me do it. But if there's one thing, it's because I have loved people. And people know that. You take a little baby, three months old, even there he don't know nothing. He's got a mind, but it isn't developed. He don't know who or nothing. The doctors say they can see a light, might see your hand, but they can only follow it. And he'll just be kicking his little heels and screaming to the top of his voice. Well, here comes some kind woman comes along past him and says, Well, well, dear, he just kicks right on. He don't know who the woman is. He don't know nobody. But let that mother walk up. Just put her hands on him. That settles it. Now, he don't know his mother. But his little spirit knows there's something about that spirit there that nothing else can inject that mother love to him, no matter how much the other person loves. It ain't the mother's love. Is that right? And she lays her hands on him, you dry up. See, he's ready. Because that mother, there's a love about her that goes to the baby that the baby's little spirit recognizes that that's a love that no other love is. No wonder he ordained us to lay hands on the sick. Take a horse when he's all bothered, jumping and jerking. You Western people ought to know that. And just let the master walk into the stall and present. Whoa, boy. Lay his hands on him. Be quiet right now. See, it's love. And when we love God with all our hearts, souls, and minds, and we love one another as ourselves, our neighbors as ourselves, the people can actually feel that. You can't put it on. You can't make a belief because they'll know it. I believe Lincoln said one time he was fool part of the people part of the time, but not all the people all the time. And that's right. And if you've got love in your heart for the people, they'll know it. You might act indifferent or anything, but still they know it. They can feel it. It's another dimension, as we call it, that injects to these people a love that they know it and they'll believe it. And that's when you can help the person, when you believe it. Now, that's what we need today in Phoenix, like all the rest of the world, and in our American cities. That where we have become so indifferent towards God, and the reason we become so indifferent towards God is because we're indifferent towards one another. See? When we get in one accord, then God comes down. See? When we were in Africa and India or many of the islands and so forth, you notice there's just one simple little miracle that 
the people this afternoon or any other place, look, that's very wonderful. We praise the Lord for that. Walk right back home with the same indifference. But let that happen one time among the heathen, and the whole country will come to God. Every one of them will sweep right into the kingdom of God right then. They believe. They're humble. And now, that's what we've got to do now. Let's just break down all differences everywhere and just get ourselves... Now, you just can't put it on. It's got to come from the inside. Remember, the Holy Spirit knows it. Well, it's coming from the inside. Let's just get all the differences away. Walk right on and say, I love the Lord and I love even my enemy. Don't never, if anyone says anything about you, don't let that bother you at all. Don't mire that wonderful feeling to God. My, just, just go ahead. Love them anyhow. <laughs> what good is it going to do anyhow from you all beat uh, up about things? Just love them anyhow. Love everybody because they're the purchase of the blood of Jesus Christ, whether they're sinners or saints. There. And then, then you'll be able to win them to God because they'll realize that you really love them. That's what we need today. Don't you think so? Amen. Yes, sir. A man come to me here not long ago, a very, a very fine man. He said, Brother Branham, I come to you to ask how to get saved. He said, I've been trying for several years to get saved. I said, yes. He said, well, there's a very prominent speaker, Mr. Billy Grimm. He said, do you know him? I said, I know of him. I said, a very fine man. He said, well, I went to his meeting and... He said, all that want to accept Christ and be saved, raise up their hands. said, Brother Bram, I'll raise my hand as high as I could. So I stood up. They had prayer for me. They said, it wasn't nothing different. And so then I went down to a place where they had a, an old-fashioned tent meeting called Old-Time Religion. And said, so they told me I had to get happy enough to shout. But I prayed in there. Well, I, I shouted. He said, but when I come back out, I, I, I was crying and shouting. but said, it didn't help me. So I went to another prominent man's meeting, which we're all acquainted with. Then he told me I had to stay in there until I got happy and shot and spoken tongues. Said I did. I said it didn't help me. So what do you say? I said, brother, every one of them told you truth. Every one. That's right. I said I believe you can raise up your hands, accept Christ, get happy and shout, speaking in tongues, all those things. I believe the truth. But brother, that's not what you're after. See, you're after the accepting of Christ. Accepting of Christ isn't raising up your hands with these things. It's accepting a person into the heart, and then the attributes comes out. First, get things first. Christ in the heart, and it'll bear record. I said, uh, well, like smoking, drinking, gambling, committing adultery, those things are not sin. Then I said that one night, the good old Methodist mother raised up. I said, it's no sin to drink, not sin to smoke, gamble. She raised up, she said, then, preacher, would you tell me what sin is? I said, unbelief. That's right. I said, the reason you drink, smoke, and carry on like that is because you are an unbeliever. That's the attribute of unbelief causes that. If you are a Christian, you don't do it. And it's because you quit drinking, smoking, chewing, and, and committing adultery. That doesn't mean you're a Christian. You can do that yourself. That's right. All right. But the main thing is accepting the person of Christ Jesus. Amen. Then it brings forth its fruit. It's like a grain of corn when it goes into the ground. It cannot be a creeper, cuckoo bird, ginseng wheat, or cactus stalk. It's got the life in it. A corn, it'll produce corn. And if a man's ever born of the Spirit of God, he becomes a new creature and can't produce nothing else but godly fear and godly love and the fruits of the Spirit. For his life, we are sowed with the incorruptible seed of God, the imperishable seed of God. It's got to produce just exactly of its kind. Amen. I hope I'm not too loud. 
Notice, it's got its life in it. When a grain of corn goes into the ground, if it's a yellow grain, it'll produce a yellow stalk of corn, a yellow grain of corn. If it goes in a wheat, it'll produce a wheat. A barley, will a barley. Whatever it is, will produce just exactly what it says. Just like here, you all raise a lot of little citrus fruits here. See, these, it's the best in the world. This navel and, and oranges and things. But did you know that little navel tree that you set out there just about that big? That every bushel of, of oranges that will ever be on that tree is in it right then? If it doesn't, where does it come from? I want to ask you. You say, well, how many, I don't know the agriculture very well, but I don't know how many bushels of oranges that ordinary tree would produce in a lifetime of the tree. Probably many hundreds of bushels. But preacher, tell me where in the world that hundreds of bushels of, of oranges will be in that little tree. Well, now, my brother, you tell me where they come from if it's not in that little tree. It's in there right then. Then the only thing that you have to do is plant that little tree and put the water to it. Is that right? And it has to go to drinking from that water. Is that right? Nursing that, that water. And when it goes to drink, drink, so it pushes out some leaves, pushes out some buds, pushes out some oranges. And the only thing the tree does is drink, 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 so it pushes these things out that's on the inside of it. Is that right? And when a man is born of the Spirit of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, everything he has need of in this life journeys in him right then. And the only thing he has to do is just drink from the inexhaustible fountain of life, which is Christ Jesus, until he pushes out divine healing powers of God. He just pushes it out by his drinking from the everlasting, inexhaustible fountain of life, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text quickly. We're dealing this afternoon with expectation. Reading the text. I don't want to take too much time before you got to get home and back again. Little expectation. Now, I want each one of us now in our hearts to, to dwell on this thought of expectation. Whatever you expect is usually what you get. You heard about the lady that prayed for the mountain to be moved and got up the next morning, looked out the window and said, just as I expected. Still there. Well, that's the reason that she expected it. That's right. Now, you want to have an expectation all the way from heart, soul, body, and mind, that God is going to give us a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I feel it. That it's near us. And God is willing and ready to give it to us. Now, if you expect, that's what you receive. If you come to the meeting and say, well, I'm going down, I'm just going to... I'm going to find some flaws of that meeting. I'll find some flaws of that preacher. I'll bet you I can. Don't worry. You'll get them. The devil will show you plenty of them. Yes, sir. You'll go back to them. Mm, just as I expected. That's just the way it was. Huh? Same group found fault with Jesus when he went through the pool of Bethesda. All those cripples laying there. Lame, halt, blind, and withered. Passed by every one of them. Never healed any of them. Went over and healed a man laying on a pallet. Walked away. I'm Jews. Uh-huh. Now, if he's the healer, let him heal them. See? Just as you expect, that's what you get. But you come to the meeting expecting to see the glory of God moving, the power of God, sinners being saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, sickness being healed. Then watch what God tells you. Yes, sir. See, you are a creator in yourself. If you're, how many is born again say amen? Do you know each one of you is a creator? You are a part of God. You're a son of God, an offspring of God, a daughter of God. Is that right? Then you are a creator. Now, 
Did you ever see people that were nice people? I ain't saying this for any back now. Nice people, but you just couldn't hardly stand to be around them. You know that. Nice people. It's their atmosphere they're in. Then you see other people that you just long to be with them. Is that right? It's that atmosphere that's around them all the time. Now, my wife sitting back here, she don't know this, but she's supposed to be here somewhere. And you can imagine in our home about what takes place in the run of a day. People come and going like that. I go in sometimes, the poor little fella in there in the kitchen crying, not even a chance to cook the children anything to eat through the day. And, and there it is, and the little kitty, the little girl about two years old, little Sarah and Rebecca, and they're in there, and they're crying and going on, and my wife crying. She looked up, she said, Bill, I'm just about to go crazy. I just don't know what I'm going to do. She said, I... And gray-headed is 34 years old, so I said, well, now, that's right, honey. I never don't fuss at her. No, that's, that's right, honey. See? It's, it's very bad, but you see, we're, we're serving the Lord, so we see what I'm doing all the time in my heart, I am trying to create a different atmosphere. They're all nervous and they're poor up. See? Now I'm singing in my heart, oh, Lord, I'll send your presence and your love to my poor little tore up wife. And I say, yes, dear. That's right. I say, what was this here? Oh, we haven't had anything to eat. And I said, well, there probably won't be anybody else in for the next couple of hours. Let's get something to eat. Now, I'll help you. And I'll start getting up my sleeves. She'll say, now, look, young man, you might be able to help me wash dishes, but you can't cook. I said, who can't cook like that? She's going on. I said, well, you haven't never seen me fry potatoes yet. I'm raised on them. Like that, something like that. I see a little bit of smile, tickle on one side, you know. The first thing you know, I come over and I put my hand on her. She don't know what I'm doing yet. I say, bless your heart, honey. I, I tell you, I help you do this. And down in my heart, I'm saying, Lord, send my peace, your peace that's in me into her now. Oh, God, quite my family now. I'm your servant, Father. And the first thing you know, she say, Bill, you know a certain thing? Them little old black eyes are snapping again, you know. You know, yeah, now look, the baby, she's there, got her blocks, and the babies are playing together. What is it? It's creating an atmosphere. Hallelujah! Brother! Let me tell you, brother. The atmosphere is what does it. That's exactly right. Look, it's not the hen that hatches the egg. It's the atmosphere. Yes, sir. Is that right? You put that same egg under a pup. It would it hatch the chicken. It's the same. Put it in the incubator. It'll bring the chicken. It's the same. It's the atmosphere. Hallelujah! What we need is a Holy Ghost atmosphere. Right. An atmosphere where the power of God's a moving one apart, one place, gather together. Under that atmosphere of expecting God to move down and do signs and wonders. Amen. Let's move ourselves up into that bracket. Step up and say, move out of these three dimensions up into the next one. Say, Lord, I'm just believe that you're going to pour your blessing. I'm expecting it now. All things are moving right in. And I'm expecting to see it exceedingly abundantly now. I'm expecting it. And when you go, you come down and say, well, I don't know about it. Well, see, you hurt the other person. Now, you're sitting by one of them. You say, oh, Lord, it's turning down now. I'm, just, I'm expecting great things, see? And that expectancy will get that unity among the people. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. What brought the Holy Ghost to the first place? They went up there and stayed ten days and nights and they were, until they were all in one place and with one accord. Blessing God for something that they did not have. Is that right? They were thanking God for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost had never come yet. But they had it in a seed form. <laughs> like if I say, what if an acorn tree grow down here? You say, well, I guess it would. And I'll give you an acorn. I'll say, I'll give you an acorn tree. And you say, all right, Brother Bram, well, I try to see if an acre to grow down here in my backyard. And I'd give you the, you say, I'm going to put it in the right kind of soil. It's like you got up in the north, and I'm going to see if it'll grow. 
All right? Now, if you put this acorn, I give you, you say, well, Brother Brand, you, you said you'd give me an acorn tree. I said, I did. Well, how do you, you give me an acorn? You got the tree already. It's in the seed form. Is that right? You got the tree already. It's in the seed form. And that's the way we have to get in the seed form. All in one accord, one place. They're blessing God for the Holy Ghost, which had never come yet. But they believed that it was because God was going to keep His promise. And when they kept blessing God until that atmosphere got just right, then there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. The atmosphere got right. Oh, couldn't we get an atmosphere here that every cripple, every blind, every sick person, everything, all was one accord believing until the sick. I see it last week in Wood River where there wasn't a person left. They just piled up the crutches and wheelchairs and cops. I said the platform preaching like this, and they just going to raise up, throw them to the corner. The atmosphere got right. Oh, brother, God sent us an atmosphere. That'll make it a war card, one place. Let the power of God surge down through that atmosphere. Gets right. It opens up every moon back, every cloud, everything. The law of God will move. Here not long ago, we had a man, for instance, these electric lights. Thomas Edison was a founder of it. But we'll take first. The world's been full of electricity since the world began. All around. Well, I just want to ask you something. Now, there was a man God was fixing to give uh, electricity to the world. I think when God's program is ready, everything will work right to its place. Don't you? Have to. For ordained to do so. Now, so Benjamin Franklin went fishing with a kite. Lightning run down the stream and he caught it. He get it wrong. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. He had it, but he didn't know what he had. Well, that's what's the matter with our Pentecostal church. You've got it, but you don't know what you got. That's it. That's right. Yeah, you've got power enough to open the eyes of the blind and stop the ears of the deaf to do all things. But you come in with a twisted up atmosphere. Let's get in the one card so the Holy Spirit can pour out the gushers down upon the people. One place and one card. Along come Thomas Edison. He said, listen, it'll light up. He tried 10,000 watts. He said he wasn't tireless. He sat with a cup of coffee and a sandwich all night long. He tried this one. If the electrolysis or electric wouldn't follow that wire, he laid aside and gave him another one. He tried that until finally he found it and he gave the world electricity. Now, for instance, you was up here back behind some of these big dark mountains tonight. It was so black dark down there that you couldn't see where you were going. You might fall over a rock or step into a snake or you didn't know what was going to happen to one of these big Gila monsters or something laying up there. And you know electricity is all around you. You can scream to you got a horse. Oh, electricity. Electricity. Light up. Show me how to get out of here. Oh, I know you're here. <laughs> I know you're here. Electricity is scientifically proven that you're here. I know you're here, so you light up. You can scream to you got a horse and it never light up. Why? Electricity will light if you'll follow the law of electricity. But you've got to follow the laws of electricity. If you had a fountain over on this side, an artesian well bursting up, and a crop over on this side burning up, now you can say, oh, water, go over here and irrigate my crop. It wouldn't do it. No. But if you'll follow the laws of gravitation, you can make it do it. Is that right? Amen. Now look, God is here this afternoon. Now we got to follow the law of God. The law of God is one apart. Love, one for the other. He just dwells in love, loves in God. Believe and hold of all things, trust all things, and do all that. Oh, my. There you are. One accord. Everybody under expectation that God's going to pour down His power. Listen. Not, you know it's here. Scientifically, you know it's here. Look here. Pastor Mrs. Walter, I'll be sitting here after dying with a cancer. 
How many across the world are thousands times thousands of cases? How could you, a drunkard a few weeks ago or a few months ago, and a gentleman this afternoon? How could you, a street hard a few weeks ago, and a lady this afternoon? By the transforming power of God being transmitted by the Holy Ghost into your heart, change your nature and change your make and make you another person. That's right. You might not have felt, I don't know about that, but it's here anyhow. Whether you feel or not, let's give God thanks for it, for it's here anyhow. I can prove to you right now there's radio coming right through you. Radio, you don't feel it, but you know it's there. There's television pictures coming right through you now. But you don't feel it, but it's there anyhow. Oh my. Now, if our body was magnetized to that, like that big word say, yes, stretched out from the window to this window. The sweeping through this building, yes, going right through you. Somebody's saying yes on the radio. But it comes right through you as it goes through them, that powers, electronics and so forth, as it goes through your body. Now, when it hits against that crystal in the, in the step, uh, it just catches like that and you hear, yes. Now, if God up there says, by His stripes you are healed, the Holy Ghost in time brings that down by the power of God. Your heart set on that chest and says, yes, by His stripes we are healed. God, He said, and Mike Clark, Mark 11, 24, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. Lord, we pray for a meeting. We've been fasting for a meeting. We've been crying for a meeting. Yes, Lord. I believe the meeting's on the road. Then stand there like oh, till the power of God comes down with him and says, yes. Next man says, yes. Listen, you've got double power, yes. Yes. Triple power, yes. Four times power, yes. First thing you'll become thousand powers of yes. Then the Holy Spirit moves in and confirms the word of God with signs and wonders following. That's it. That's what we need. Expectations. During the time of the birth of Jesus, it was in a day something like this when the people had wandered away from God. There was a... That had very many ways to send messages, radio, telegram, and so forth like they got now, television. The only way they had to send messages then was from lip to ear. Quickly, listen to him now. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. We were taught in the Bible that wise men saw a star when it was over in the east Followed it all the way to Palestine. Is that right? They kept time to the stars them days. Every city had a little observatory on top of it, and they kept the watchmen set up there and told time to the stars. In the daytime, they told time to the sundown. You know what, what time is it, watchmen on the tower? And they asked for the time. Now, they kept time, and yet that, here it is. I want you to get it. That star passed over every one of those cities and not one of those men saw it. But our Bible declares that it does. And I believe it did. We have saw his star east and have come to worship him. Is that right? And they moved, led by this star, moved them. And this greatest star of all the stars, the greatest of all, moved right by the scientific world and they never saw it. Why? They wasn't expecting it. But there were some wise men who heard Balaam's prophecies to be a star of Jacob rise. They was expecting it. They were looking for it. They found it. They found it. They were looking for it. I'm looking for something, aren't you? My soul stimulated to the highest just before the coming of the Lord Jesus to see something happen that's going to shake the Gentile world before God leaves it. Yes, I'm expecting it in Phoenix. I'm looking for it. I want you to agree with me and expect it. These wise men, they said, someday, my father said, here it is written in the Bible, his father said, his father said, to be a star of Jacob rise. 
When they saw that star when it appeared, they were looking for it. They saw it. The rest of them didn't see it. Somebody said, don't you think them people who cry and shout are all emotional and worked up? No, sir. No, sir, they're not. Brother Brandon, what do you think? It's psychologist speaking. No, sir. I do not. They're expecting something. They're expecting manna from heaven to feed their souls while they're sitting there on expectation. God's under obligation to give them the manna from heaven. While they're expecting it. Expecting a meeting, God's under obligation to give it to you. Now, here they come. And then we see the shepherds come out and sing on the hills of Judea, because he's always sing at the birth of the king. Eight days later, we find Jesus going to the temple in his mother's arms. Another passage. There was an old man up there, an old sage, we call him a preacher, long beard and hair, and he was, had a fine reputation among the people. He was a renowned man, and he had a fine reputation. And uh, one day when he was out, the Holy Ghost told him, said, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's Christ. And he believed it. He was expecting it. He went around, he didn't care what the rest of the church had said. He didn't care about all his prestige. He said, I believe I ain't going to die. So I see the Lord's Christ. I hear someone say, you know, the old fellow's kind of getting old. He's a little bit, you know, something wrong with him up there. They usually say that. There's something wrong up here with them people, see. Well, what was the matter? He was expecting God to keep his word. Had a good reason, didn't he? How do you know you're going to see it? David looked for it. Even Adam, all the way back, has looked for it. Four thousand years has passed, and there has been no sign of it yet. I don't care what's passed. The Holy Ghost told me I was going to see it, and I believe it. That's settled. That's a good reason, isn't it? You mean you're here 80 years old and one foot in the grave? I don't care how old I am, but I'm going to see the Christ before I die because the Holy Ghost said so. I'm going right around expecting it, thanking God for His promise because I'm going to see Oh, my. There you are. He was expecting to see the Christ. All right? Now it comes time. Let's give a little drama here. Let's say there's a prayer room out at the temple. Say it's Monday morning. And all there's about two million something Jews in Palestine then, probably many hundred children was born overnight. And every day there'd be a line of women lined up there for circumcision of the male child offering turtle doves or lamb. There was a peasant, they had turtle doves, the lamb, a rich person, for the purification of the mother, circumcision of the child, and so forth, you know, the Jewish law. Let's say this is Monday morning. All right, I see the temple's busy, people coming and going around and around, it's all going around. That's why I see a long line of people, women standing all up and down that line. I see some of the women there with little babies with their little feet knitted needlework gowns on them and little shawls and little blue shawls and each one leading a little lamb. Rich women. Oh, how pretty. Way down the line, let's look. I see a little lady standing down there with her head bound. Just a little girl with a baby in her arms. Oh, my. Poor, two turtle loves. Clothes wrapped in swaddling cloth. That's what take off the yoke of an ox, you know, when he's plowing, keep him rubbing his shoulders. There's nothing in the manger. So he just didn't have no clothes. You talk about poor, there's not a family in Phoenix that poor. Charity would do more for you than that. But he was a very God of creation. Standing here, born in a manger. Come by the way of a manger, went out the way of capital punishment. Came to his own, his own received in the world, and the world made him, the world knew him not. And here he was, laying there. In his mother's arms, wrapped in swaddling clothes. She's come along. I hear someone say, "Hey, that's that girl there. You know, that's that girl had that baby without being married. Don't stand there." They kept their distance. What's in the mind of some of them sister people today? A bunch of holy rollers. Don't have nothing to do with them. Little Mary knew where she was standing. 
So does the church that's born again of the power of God knows where they're standing. They can do what you say. You can say they're crazy and whatever you want to, but they know where they're at, don't you? Let's go ahead and say it. She never opened her mouth. She rocked the little fellow and patted him on the cheek. He looked up in that little eyes, starring like little stars looking to his mother. She patted him. Look at that. Isn't that awful? And they didn't know what that was. Their very creator laying there in that arm. So come on down. There was holding her arm like that. She was patting the little fellow, playing with him. Thankfully, the mother's keeping their distance from her. Oh, there was the Christ of the temple in the temple. Poor, humble. I see singing, sitting out there reading Isaiah. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of all. We, his wounds for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity, and chastened our peace upon him as Christ and were healed. Unto us a child is born, and that's the Son of God. I hear singing say, wonder who, who wrote that? Do you all believe in led by the Spirit of God? Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Is that right? Now, the Holy Ghost told him he was going to see the Christ before he died. Now here he is reading on, on like that, and I hear the Holy Ghost say, Simeon, stand up! Simeon say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, Start walking, Simeon. Where, Lord? Just walk. That's all. Just keep walking. <laughs> oh, my. Hallelujah. I like that. Just keep walking. I made you a promise, Simeon. You don't know about it right now, but you're walking right into it. Simeon walks out to like that. Well, I never felt like this before. He said, you know, something like just at peace somehow. Is this far enough, Lord? Just keep walking. Walk toward him. See where this line of women is. Well, they go walk down. As he got closer, something began to move on. Don't you believe that? Led by the Spirit of God. Sons of God. The promise is there. The Messiah was in the temple. The very wonderful Holy Ghost promising. Walks down, he sees this little woman. He reaches over and takes that baby out of his arm. Tears running off his white beard. Said, Now, Lord, let thy servant depart in peace according to thy words from my eyes and see your salvation. Oh, my. There the Holy Ghost. Yes, he was expecting to see him. If he was expecting to see him, God's under obligation to let him see him. Way over the corner, an old blind prophetess sat over there. She was expecting, too, to see the kingdom of God, waiting for the consolation of Israel, the coming of the Lord. I see her sitting over there. The old just tells her history that she was blind, and she was sitting in the corner. The Holy Ghost said, Rise up, man! There she comes to the winding her way through the temple, blind, led by the Holy Ghost, waiting for the consolation of Israel. There she comes, making her way around Jones and all that. So she gets over and stands in front of her and raises up her hand and bless God and prophesy. Hallelujah! The rest of them going on by and knowing nothing about it, just like the man in the observatory. But these people was expecting. The Holy Spirit revealed it. And there's no two Holy Spirits. There's only one Holy Spirit. And the reason that you're here today is the reason that you believe in divine healing. And just as sure as you're here, the same Holy Ghost that led Simeon has led you here today. You ever come to be seen? It's the Holy Spirit that led you here. And we're expecting to see God pour out His divine power. Hallelujah. David said, when the deep calls to the deep, I said many times the noise of that water spouts the Lord. The deep calling to the deep. Before there can be a deep in here, there has to be a deep to respond to it. Is that right? Before there's a fin on a fish's back, there has to be a water for him to swim in, or there wouldn't be any fin on his back. Is that right? There has to be a water first before the fin can be there. Oh, I hope you get this. I feel it coming down to the air. Notice. Before there was a palm tree to grow in the earth, there had to be an earth first, and a 
there'd be no concrete grow. Is that right? If you believe in divine healing, the power of God, before there can, there's something created that desire in your heart. Is that right? Before there can be a creation, there has to be a creator to create that creation. Is that right? There you are. And when the Holy Ghost created in your heart a desire to see the power of God work in this city here, there's got to be a power of God somewhere who will break down the shackles that come in for the powers of God. Move for healing, salvation, pouring out of the Holy Spirit of everybody the way we're expecting it. God's warned us by His Holy Spirit that we see these things and we're living in the day to see them. We're expecting to see them. Dean, calling to the Dean. Some time ago, I read one little baby eat the racer off of a pencil. He eats the pedal off of a bicycle, rubber. They examine his little body at the clinic. The doctor said, well, the little fellow's needing sulfur. Well, what? The little fellow is made out of the earth where the sulfur comes from. And if there is a desire in here for sulfur, there's got to be a sulfur first out there to create the desire for sulfur. If there's a God to give power, if we crave the power of God, if we crave healing, salvation, the glories of God, the filling of the Holy Ghost, then things have got to be set out down there, or we never had that desire to get them. See that? There it is. The deep calling to the deep. Here some time ago, I was standing up in a mountain, and I was riding up there getting some cattle down, just on a little vacation. I was watching a, a sight, and I picked up my binoculars, hitched my horse, and looked down across in the valley. I see a bunch of eagles making a squawk up there on top of the hill. There's an old mother eagle fixing to take her babies out of the nest for the first time. And you ought to see them get ready for that flock. <laughs> I said, Hallelujah, Lord. I don't know a bunch of eagles that's getting ready for a fight one of these days. The old mother soared her wings out. She was cooing to the old coo, coo, coo. Showed her wings, coo, 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 coo. Trying to get them on her wings. She picked them up on her wings. How oh, she's trying to get them. She'd reach over this and set him up there in the snare. Coo, 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 and love him. I don't know if that's what the Holy Ghost is doing right now. We can get this and set him up on him. This and that. They coo, coo, coo. Come on, come on. Time's getting ready. <laughs> getting out of that old nest where it stinks. My. Yes, sir. And when they want to leave that nest, they never go back again. <laughs> Hallelujah. She got all fashioned up. They got their little claws hooked into her wing. Took her little bill and caught onto the feathers like that. She put these big wings out. She come out of the nest. Right on down. They say if they drop one, they can just go right around and pick him up again. <laughs> Amen. All right. She went out into the green pastures. The little eagles had never been there before. Nothing but just that old nasty nest like the world is, anyhow. So she got them all down there, set them on this green pasture, and she went way back up to the top of the highest peak of the rocks that she could get. She sat up there and began to flop her big wings, looking around. And those little eagles was having a, a Holy Ghost meeting. Why, I've never seen such in my life. They were running around grabbing a little mouthful of grass in the house. I said, isn't that an old-fashioned homecoming gathering of the powers of God? Their little feet have never known of their old nasty stickery nest. Walking in, now they're walking in a soft mess. You know how it is when you come out of the old nest of Egypt, the nest of the world. Get into the good old powers of God where your soul made light and the glory of God all around you. They were walking around picking this and having a good time. This old mother flew back up. She sat way up there as high as she could so she could see everywhere. Oh, my little coyote come up now. She's sure tearing to pieces. I thought, well, you know what? I'm so glad that after Jesus brought me up out of the world, he climbed the ramparts of glory, setting up under his majesty on high. I is on the spell, and I know he wasn't me. Trouble starts. He 
ہو
I'm in the earth house, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Say, Brother Bram, remember me, I want the Holy Ghost. I realize the Gentiles are closing. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You, 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 and you, and you. Oh my. Everywhere. Hands up everywhere. Friend, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm afraid we haven't got very much time left. I'm afraid the hour is near. Won't you come now and be saved and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Won't you do it right now to say to you, while we have plenty of time, just not even four o'clock yet, and won't we just have plenty of time to come here and have prayer together? If you've got a little stuff against somebody, you've had a little malice in your heart, say, I'm coming right now, Brother Graham, at this altar. I'm going to ask God to forgive me because I believe that this is the meeting that God's going to pour out His blessings, and we're going to see the great things of God happen. Now, while you bow your heads again, you'll write your answer to that. Oh, may God bless you. Now, God, may your spirit overshadow us just now. And may we conceive in our hearts the presence of Almighty God. And may he, by his great transforming power, these men and women here today, boys and girls who raise their hands to want to receive you, Father, Thou hast proved by Your Word that You are with them right now. Jesus our Lord said, No man can come to Me except My Father draws him first. And God, You wouldn't draw them unless You had a reason to. We know that some are born for condemnation. Others are born to everlasting life. And maybe they've wasted many years wandering around. But today, by sovereign grace, You're knocking at their heart again. May they accept it this time, Father dear. Grant this blessing. Now, with their, your heads bowed, I wonder how many of you raise your hand would come right down here and stand this altar here. Just a moment for prayer together right here. God bless you, my brother. If someone else come, take your blessing. God bless you. That's wonderful. All right, Minister Brother. Oh, how wonderful. That's, That's right. Come right on up now. You are seeking the Lord. Thing in the world, would you just come now? 
one more, or is there any more sinners who just come, kneel and pray with us? If God spoke to you, listen, I'll prove to you this week by God's word, Him helping, that every one of you old people, you're like this old man, one of these days is coming back to a young man again. I can prove that by God's word, that in this great resurrection, all the old will be young there forever. What death's doing to you now, death will be done away with, and just what life was to you when you was a young man or woman, that's what you'll be in the resurrection. Or you lost those little babies out there, maybe premature or whatever, they'll be there in the resurrection. Jesus is coming soon. Won't you come now to get ready, prepare to meet this great event that's just about to take place? Will you come now while the personal workers walk up around, if they will now, around the altar with these people? One more sinner while we sing now. Come on now. Prayer while we're standing here. 